Hello and welcome to this episode of Wondering to Kalan. It's the Europa Show from Wolves Fancast. David Evans here. I'm glad to be joined by once again Andy Brassel from The Guardian and Football Ramble and On the Continent podcast. Andy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Sunday morning. It's cloudy. It's not as hot. I maybe get a bit of reprieve for once. Send us some cloud. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it actually rained the other day for a couple of times on the hottest day on Friday. I thought, where, where's this gone? I thought it was like the Truman Show where he gets the, the rain cloud just over him. <laughs> um, obviously, we're going to talk about Sevilla, uh, Wolves' next opponents in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Uh, just before we get on to that, I remember I think we spoke for the first time last August, mm. which is now we're still in this season. That was a year ago. And yeah. I think I asked you how far do you think Wolves could go? And I think you did say the quarterfinals, the Europa League. So you must be justified in your prediction. It, it's, it's not a massive shock to me because, mm. um, as I said at the time, I, I think uh, you've got a coach in Nuno who, who knows what he's doing. Um, you've got a squad of players who are not inexperienced and in some cases very experienced in um, European competition. I think that's really showed in the, in the way they've managed things. Um, I think even that Olympiacos game, and it was interesting hearing some of the, um, uh, hearing some of the, the, the commentary in the, the newspapers and on the television, and I said this on the, on, on the Football Ramble last week, that um, Wolves have, have been really below par in the second leg against Olympiacos. I don't know how much performance you can really expect at this point in the season. As you mm. said, it's like, a million years ago, the start of the season, um, wasn't been in it since before the very start. And if if you're playing competently and winning, I, I think that's really all you can ask. To ask for style points at this point of the season is is, is a bit daft. And um, that they managed to see out a lot of difficult moments in that game against Olympiacos. And fair fair, fair enough, Chris Patricio made a couple of really good saves, mm. but. I felt they were under pressure, but never completely submerged. And mm. um, I think that experience really, really showed in the way they managed to tough it out. Well, the Wolves are arguably going to have their, going to have their toughest test now on Tuesday mm. against Sevilla. The interesting subplot, perhaps, to the outside world is Lopetegui, who obviously in 2016 was moments away from becoming Wolves manager when Fosen took over. And then Wolves, when he took the Spain job, Wolves went in the complete opposite direction and went for Walter Zenga in the mm. end. Um, obviously, he's had kind of up and down since, since then. The Spain job he initially did well, but obviously how that happened, how he left with the World Cup, and then the Real Madrid job and how that kind of turned out. He's been like a, a season now, nearly a season at, at Sevilla. How has he found life to kind of readjusting back to kind of football management with Sevilla? It's been amazing, really, because if, if you bear in mind, as, as you said, to get fired from the Spain and Real Madrid job in, in the space of basically six months, yeah. how do you get over that? Mm. But, but he has managed to get over that. And even before then, really, um, it's interesting when you, when you put him in the context of, of, of Wolves, because... You know, you you thought think of those sliding doors moments and wonder how it would have gone. And obviously, he's a name. I'm not convinced that Wolves would be any way ahead of where they were if if he'd have got the job instead of Zenga. And I'm I'm not sure they would have got where they've got um, any quicker because 
up until this season, really, Lopetegui has been very, very unconvincing as, as a club coach. Of course, Spain is, is totally different. I think he did a really good job there before it ended in that really weird fashion. Um, but there were still huge question marks over him, and Sevilla appointing him was seen as, as a bit of a risk mm-hmm. um, because he's, he's had a few short spells in um, Spanish domestic football as, as, as coach, nothing particularly convincing. He went to uh, Porto and they gave him um, backing and money to create this sort of Spanish revolution there. And it went really badly wrong, really badly wrong. And um, season and a half he was gone and they were lumbered with such huge financial obligations off the back of um, largely Spanish players that he brought in. I mean, I mean they're still paying it back. Uh, and and that, that, was, that was a long time ago now. And um, they've just gone into what their second or third FFP arrangement with, um, wow. with, with UEFA. So yeah. he's not particularly fondly thought of in northern Portugal. Um, so I wondered if this was kind of a, a last chance for him. I, I mean, with Sevilla, the, the way they run things, the stability is further upstairs anyway. It's, it's, it's with Monchi, the sporting director, who's, who's, who's now come back, and um, the directorship of the club. And if it hadn't have gone well after three months, I wouldn't have hesitated to get rid of him. Uh, I mean, he, he, to say he was going to be given time, he, he's been given time because his results have been good. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's time that he's given himself. Um, so really, it's a, a testament to how well he's, he's done um, this, this season. Um, I mean, defensively, the, the side have been impeccable, really. And the fact that, bearing in mind, there was quite a large turnover of players, um, that Monchi was getting busy in the transfer market again, for him to bed that down and in the end make them run pretty comfortably at fourth spot. I mean, they've been absolutely peerless since um, the resumption of La Liga. Mm-hmm. It's a huge feather in his cap and it's, it's changed a lot of minds about him because whereas, as I said, he's a big name, in club management, not thought of as a major player. He started to maybe change those perceptions a little bit with what he's done this season. Because I didn't realise, and I was just doing a bit of digging on Sevilla this season, that after Emery, um, Sevilla had six managers in three years. Mm. So, you know, to bring in someone like Lopetegui, given his past, like you say, it was a bit of a, a risk. And maybe well, I read somewhere that even the local media had to be convinced a bit when he was appointed because they just there was some eyebrows raised that is this just another long line of managers that we've been bringing in that are going to fail? Yeah, and there's, there's huge expectation now because if you look at Sevilla, and we'll come to talking about it, I'm sure, because of what they've, what they've done in the UEFA Cup and in Europa League. Sevilla in the last 15 years is way, way different to Sevilla before. And if we go all the way back to when they, when they first won those, those, those two um, back-to-back um, UEFA Cups in, in 2006, 2007, you, you, you're talking about a, a team that, was, it was really stylish. And that was a massive break with, with what went before. Under Juan de Lamos, they were amazing to watch. Um, they came pretty close to winning the, uh, La Liga. And um, Sevilla were always known, really, as being gritty, competitive, tough, all of those sort of things. And all of a sudden, people all, all over Europe were, were watching them. And I think you look at them, financially, they shouldn't have... The budget they've got, they shouldn't be able to compete with not only Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, 
other, other clubs across the continent. Right? But they shouldn't really be able to compete with Wolves um, because uh, Wolves are from the Premier League and they've, mm. they've, they've got more money. Yeah. Um, but what they've, what they've done in terms of um, establishing themselves in not exactly the European elite, but I, I guess like a European A category, I suppose you could say, because um, they're consistently good in the Europa League and they've had the odd Champions League season. That would be the next step for them, making sure that this Champions League campaign isn't um, a, a one-off next season, but something that they can do pretty well in. Them. It doesn't feel like it would be a massive leap for them with, with the team they've got, with the management they've got, um, with the ability to probably improve the squad a bit this summer, because whereas no one's got any money, they're far better at trading, and Monchi's far better at trading than, than, than most people are. Um, so, I mean, they're such a well-run club. Um, I think they're, they're a great template for, for Wolves, for example, who are trying to become part of that European elite rather than this be a one-off season, or be, become a European regular at least, rather than this become a, a, a one-off season. But with that success does come a little bit of expectation as well. And, you know, that's the reason that some of those coaches haven't lasted that long. Talked before about how kind of defensively solid they are now. If my calculations are right, I think in all competitions they've only lost eight games so far this season. Mm. So what is it about them that has made them so, you know, become so hard to beat? Um, well, they've been very well coached by mm. Lopetegui. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but they restructured the defence and it's, it's worked really well for them. If, if you look at the three that um, regularly start. Um, so you've got um, Sergio Reguilón, who's on loan from uh, Real Madrid and coveted by Chelsea, um, amongst others. Very good, scored in the last 16 game against Roma. And then you've got uh, two new centre-backs in uh, Jules Koundé and uh, Diego Carlos. And Diego Carlos has, I think you could argue, been the best centre-back in the league this season. He's been so, so good. Um, I know people say Sergio Ramos, but to qualify him just as a centre-back, it's more his personality rather than his defensive steeds <laughs> that sort of make him what, 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 what he is. And, and then you think of a right back, they've got Jesus Navas, who was still a right winger when he arrived mm. at Manchester City and it was Pep Guardiola that kind of tempted him into um, becoming his right back, which in turn has kind of extended his career really. Um, so to bed in those players and for it to work, has been very impressive. Like I said, Diego Carlos has been a huge part of that. Uh, chased by um, Manchester United, um, Chelsea, a few other teams. So there's been talk of interest from Arsenal, but quite how they could afford him, I've no idea because his, his um, value has gone through the roof. I mean, this was a guy who was a good defender in Ligue 1 for, for Nantes, but has just improved stratospherically really this season. Uh, Kunde next to him is, is a young guy who they invested for, for them quite a lot of money in. But I, I think he's already shown that he's going to go on and become a really, really good player. And then you look at the solidity in, in the middle of the field. I, I think what's really worked for um, Lopetegui is he's, he's, he's brought in a few players um, that I suppose... So some players that he's got a pass with um, like uh, Oliver Torres, but it, I think really the the, the key uh, f- the keys of Fernando, um, who, who played for Porto for quite a long time, as, as well as playing at Manchester City, and uh, Juan Jordan, and th- those are both players who are very good on the ball, but you could kind of imagine them being what lower division managers would call ratters 
in like <laughs> League One or League Two as well. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they're guys who are, are quite snappy, and mm. I think the fact that they're fit and physical is is something that makes an enormous difference. I think if you look at the team as a whole, they defend from the front as well. Uh, Lucas Campos, who's been their best player this season, is is a huge part of that. And you know, you think he arrived in in Europe as this kind of wonder kid from from Argentina when he turned up at Monaco and. A little bit like Eric Lamella, he's turned into something totally different to what anyone thought he would be because his work rate is absolutely feverish. He really changed minds at Marseille about him and um, became a key player when there, there was a point when none of the coaching staff rated him at all, but he just changed their minds by mm. working so hard. And, um, you know, he's, he's again been one of the best players in the league of this season. And when you've got that no let up from the front, think that makes an enormous difference so it's just the whole team hangs together very well and they're, they're just very competitive when I saw those uh, highlights against Roma so then it was obvious especially from that first goal how kind of pacey their players are mm-hmm. and you talk about there how they're very defensively solid but they've got those kind of like you say ratty plays who can get dug in mm-hmm. it feels very kind of similar as to what Wolves how they play in terms of very yeah. defensive solid and they can break on the counter that's why I think perhaps from a neutral point of view this is going to be a very fascinating game what is their kind of style of playing formation what can we expect in terms of that, that setup? Um, well they'll go 4-3-3 um, there's no doubt about that um, and they'll be very thorough they're comfortable in, in possession, but they're never going to overcommit, really. Mm. I, I, I think that's, that's the interesting balance between them. As you saw with that second goal against Roma, the, the way which they counter-attack, the pace with which they counter-attack is incredible. And I, I think, I suppose this is the thing about Wolves as well, really, to think that they've got like, like this much energy. And I know people, as, as we said, said, you know, they, they, they played within themselves a little bit in that second half against Olympiacos. But to have as much in the tank as they do, at this stage in the season, it shows how well conditioned they are. I think. I think you could say um, the, the, the same about uh, about Sevilla. So, um, look, I, I think don't lose the ball in midfield is the absolute key to this game because it could it could be at the other end in like seven seconds time. Um, but yeah, I, I, Sevilla are a totally different challenge, I, I think, to anything Wolves have faced before because they do have that poise. They do have that ability to, to change up the team. I mean, I think you're seeing at the moment like, the, the depth of that squad, the fact that they have got a few different options. I mean, a few of the picks against um, Roma survived, surprised me. I was, I was surprised to see Enesri start because Luke de Jong, even though he hasn't really scored consistently, has been a good contributor in terms of holding the ball up and pressing and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think what is, what is so good for them is, is that they could change like four players from, from that lineup that started against Roma and it wouldn't change the way they played and it wouldn't change the quality of the team. I mean, that, that is the one thing you can say with Wolves. The, the 11 kind of picks itself in a, in, in a certain way. Pretty much like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done for Manchester United over the, the, the last couple of months. And it's a thin line at this point in the season whether that is the continuity that you need or whether you get to the point where you're asking too much of those players. And it's a difficult decision for a yep. coach to make, isn't it? And you mentioned all those kind of names in the Sevilla squad from top to bottom who've been very good for them this season. If you had to pick out kind of one standout player that we should be 
keeping an eye on who's perhaps the danger man for Sevilla? I think you'd go with Campos um, mm. simply because um, top scorer creates a lot, heartbeat of the team. I, I think um, the, the way he just is, is competitive from like minute one to minute 91, it's something that's like a, a great example for the rest of the team and, and, and really, really pulls them forward. Um, the, the only other thing I would I would say is um, Eva Benega because he's playing his last, well, hopefully from a Wolves perspective, game for Sevilla from a, a Sevilla perspective, last games. Um, but it, it, he was he was great against against Roma again. He's someone again who can handle himself in the middle of the park, but he can control the tempo. And if it's hot, as it's been in that part of northwest Germany for a, a number of weeks now actually um, that's something that's I, I think could work really well for them just as you think that um, if Bulls want to control the pace of it they're going to rely on Ruben Neves and, 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 and Moutinho Benega is that for, for, for Sevilla he's, he's someone who's immensely strong from set pieces as well it's going to be hard for, for them when he when he moves on because um, over two spells, he's, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant for them, and um, he's, he's someone who's, who's, who's got a great attitude. He's, he's found his real best self after a few ups, up, up and down times at other clubs um, at, at Sevilla. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll want to get a great send off as well. So, uh, Campos has been their player of the season. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, don't count against Benega because he's, he's still really useful. Final question. Uh, we're not going to do, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction for this one because I kind of feel <laughs> like with neutral venue as well, it could go either way. Uh, but I, when we spoke, I think it was before Espanyol when we got to the knockout stages, I asked mm. you who your favourite was, who you thought would win the Europa League. And it was Inter Milan at the time. I kind of, as we've had a couple of games gone on now, has that, are you still sticking with Inter Milan with that one? Has your opinion changed? Where are you at with, with, with winning it? You know what? I, I was I was asked a couple of weeks ago on a pick Sevilla actually because I, you know, I kind of is their competition really. Mm. Um, they, they are exceptional in it. Um, I, the, the thing that concerns me about Inter and Inter are definitely a contender, just like United are a contender, just like Wolves are a contender. I actually think you can build a case for most of the teams that are still in it. I mean, mm. the fact that it's changed venue and um, Leverkusen. Have, not far from playing at home. I mean, you know, if, if they end up were to end up playing final and they've still got Kai Havertz um, and they're very suited to cut football, Peter Bosch has been to the UEFA uh, Europa League final in, in recent memory. Um, if they end up playing the final at Leverkusen, it's 15 minutes from home, which is something that they weren't expecting when 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 the draw was made um, back in back in uh, February. So um, the thing that concerns me about Inter is they will have an inexplicable brain lapse at some point. The only question is, can they write it out? The quality they've got is incredible. The squad they've got, I think you can argue, is the best of all the teams in it, especially with the, the job they did in um, uh, getting in Christian Eriksen in, 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 in January, and Ashley Young has been, Ashley Young has been amazing for them. Um, the, the, the fact that they were able to bring Ericsson off the bench against Getafe and scored pretty quickly um, shows that, that sort of depth they've got. So I think they've got better depth than, than anyone. But then again, the first 25 minutes, half hour against Getafe, you wouldn't have them to beat anyone the, the way they played in, in that game. So Inter 
can win it, but totally unpredictable. It's an incredibly open competition. That, that's all I can say, really. Mm.